Welcome to the Addiction Connection. We like to believe the opposite of addiction is actually connection, and we are going to attempt to educate you and possibly even entertain you while we navigate all topics addiction. Hi, I'm Dr. Kirk Devine. And I'm Dr. Heather Bell, and we both provide primary care and addiction services. It's our goal to help you learn more about the disease of addiction and its treatments. Okay, we're starting because I was going to hope to catch you on saying something. I get to be in charge. You're in charge. Anyway, welcome back, everybody. This is episode number 79. We're calling this opioid overdose deaths during COVID, the ultimate syndemic. I love gonna, that word. Are we going to do anything when we hit 100? Um, that won't be for like six more months, maybe. Jesus. Okay. We're going to do a lot of special ones. Okay. Special. I don't know. Put fireworks in one of our sound effects. All right. Anyway, so last week, y'all heard us talk about alcohol use during COVID, and today we're going to talk about the drug overdose deaths, um, which of course, y'all know that that's how we got, God, I've said y'all a lot. (laughs) You guys know we got into addiction world, was really looking at just opioid stewardship and then, you know, medications for assisted medications for opioid use disorder and all that. So anyway, this is... Huge. And actually today, literally an hour before we sat down, so we were taping this. Just checked your email. A couple weeks ago. From, we were literally working on this talk when she checked her email. And got an email from ASAM, the American Society of Addiction Medicine, with the highlighted article, Drug Overdose Deaths Top 100,000 Annually for the First Time, Driven by Fentanyl. And then, obviously, COVID. So this is a new record high, not a record that any of us wanted. No, I guess... You know, we saw the numbers really climbing, and of course, in Minnesota, they've been really high. So, well, and it kind of like dropped a little bit mm-hmm. in two thousand. I remember being at the National Prescription Drug and Heroin Summit at nineteen, and it was like, yes, we turned the corner. Yeah, hey, we we're going gone back. down to seventy-eight thousand. We're going back there. Well, we are going back there. Yay! We're talking about Echo and we're all talk- the fun things with that in April. So see us there. Okay, so anyway, this over 100,000 is a new record high. Like I mentioned, overdose deaths jumped 28.5% from the same period a year earlier and has nearly doubled in five years, which is unbelievable. Nearly doubled since 2016. It's crazy when you look at all the overdose deaths, nearly two-thirds, which is about 64%, are from fentanyl. sure? I am pretty sure. Uh, It's fentanyl. Which is 49% higher than the fentanyl the year before. Yeah. And we just don't see heroin. I mean, it's just, it's rare. I think some of our friends in the Twin Cities still see some, but we see fentanyl. Okay. So here's my absolute favorite favorite stat in this entire podcast. Okay. I was going to leave it until the end, but it fits here better. Okay. Okay. We talked about this before, but I'm going to say it anyway. So I just mentioned more than 100,000 people died between April of 2020 and April of 2021. So mm. you might say... Hey, this is being aired on December 7th. We're talking about April, and I will explain in coming up in a minute why there's a delay. But the data from April 2020 to April 2021, 100,000 people died of opioid overdoses. Let's look at the other part of this syndemic is COVID. Between that same time period, there are about 509,000 deaths from COVID. Clearly an astronomical number that is horrific facing our country, but, but opioid overdose deaths, 100,000. 20% of that. And, you know, it's funny because if you just think about the response to COVID has been amazing. Right. Uh, and one-fifth of those, you know, that number is actually affected by overdose deaths. And, boy, it's tough to get funding for help. 
Um, and everybody's favorite, Dr. Nora Volkoff from the uh, National Institute on Drug Abuse. Nora. Now, Nora, we've all run on treadmills next to her. If you want to if you wanna meet Nora, go to the summit in April yeah, in Atlanta. This, yeah, she's going to be there again. But, you know, I'm going to kind of quote her, you know, the, the patterns of the crisis, appearance of more dangerous drugs at much lower prices, and dot, dot, dot. Those already taking drugs may take higher amounts, and those in recovery may relapse. And it's a phenomenon we've seen and perhaps could have predicted, yet it still happened. Mm. Now. She just keeps going. She, she talks does a, keep going. She talks a little bit about, you know, there's not as much international travel. So and this so, is kind of her prediction on why fentanyl rose as fast as it did. Because yeah. fentanyl had started to come around. You know, we had seen carfentanyl, mm-hmm. we had seen fentanyl. But why did it just jump however many percentage we just said, 67, yeah. 60, 46 or whatever it was? Because it was harder to get heroin and things like that into our country because it takes more and it's bulkier and there was obviously some limits on borders. But fentanyl is actually easier to sneak in. It's a smaller it's smaller baggage. and you yep. don't need as much. Yeah. And it's interesting because when you look at how much of this is seized, you know, the U.S. government has actually seized enough of this this year to give every American a lethal dose. That's a lot of fentanyl. I mean, every American. Yeah. So, and this was actually came out at a White House briefing. So they also kind of looked at the overdose deaths that included methamphetamines and psychostimulants. So we are going to touch on that in an upcoming podcast. So we're not going to kind of talk about that. But one thing they talk about is the differences in, you know, the coasts. And I think we've seen that different study, different places we've been back in the day when you could travel and different statistics and DEA seizures always said, you know, fentanyl used to be more popular on the East Coast and meth much more popular on the West Coast. It's now all mixed together. It's an all-comers thing. And actually, other deaths from cocaine and prescription pain medications, our bread and butter, also increased compared to a year earlier. The reality is, you know, obviously COVID has really accelerated this. But if it went away tomorrow, there's people that think, well, we'd still have a problem. Um, this Dr. Andrew Kolodny, he's the medical director of the Opioid Policy Research at Brandeis University Heller School for the Social Policy and Management. <laughs> so he says we'd still have a problem, even if, well, we clearly know that we had a problem before COVID. It's just worse. Oh, you mean we have to get to the point that it's easier to get treatment than it is to get fentanyl, heroin, or prescription opioids? And that's really the key. It has to, we have to be able to get people into treatment. Okay, so let's put this into perspective. The latest estimates that we just talked about, the deaths from overdose fall somewhere between Alzheimer's and diabetes. So wow. in 2019, Alzheimer's disease caused about 121,000 deaths and diabetes killed about 88,000 people. So cool. we are closer to that. And has been happening since, you know, the mm. mid-teens. It's killed as much as twice the number of car accidents and gun violence combined. Oh, I thought it was about, oh yeah, you're right. Twice as much as the combined Ugh. car accidents and drug violence, or there's, gun violence. There's no airbag in fentanyl use. There's Narcan, but we're going to get to that in another one of these articles that I pointed out. So just stay tuned here. Um so coming from the New York Times, and this was literally just five minutes ago, it is talks about naloxone and, you know, how the access is not universal across the country. Some states have very good access and some people definitely do not have access. Mm. Um, 
But again, Dr. Nora Vokal, most just, of these. <laughs> everybody calls her. We should call her. We've tried it, but we've gotten, I mean, also one of our favorite humans, Dr. Yeah, Wilson Compton, Wilson. her number two, I think. But most of these deaths occurred in people ages 25 to 55. But she also talks about all the other drugs that also went up. Yeah, but stimulants, the problem, methamphetamine, cocaine, all these things. And little touches on the thing we talked about the other day with counterfeit pills and how people are dying without actually know what they are ingesting. And people are prone to relapse who are already with the disease of addiction. And now you have these lockdowns, um, issues with social networks, rise in mental health, and it just kind of all spirals. Well, and, and so all this postponement of treatment for substance use disorders and I mean, all this difficulty getting people in the treatment. Remember, early on, they weren't taking people. So, And then when they would, it'd be like half the numbers. And yeah. I, I've had a, maybe a handful of my patients were actually in treatment. And then there was a COVID outbreak in the treatment. So rather than <laughs> keeping them all contained there, they sent them all home. Yeah. So and It's kind of fun that they've actually quoted Dr. Lee in this article. We've had him on our Echo. We have from Hazleton Betty Ford. Yeah. And he talked a little bit about how kind of that community and social support is just lacking, you know, we're closing schools and, and so the death toll just continues to go up and so many people delayed getting help. And I think we've all seen that. So if we're looking at different regional variations, the largest year over year, year over year increases, exceeding 50% increases in overdose deaths Oof. following states, California, Tennessee, Louisiana, Mississippi, West Virginia, Kentucky, Vermont, although it's a small state with small numbers, increased by 85% overdose deaths. Yeah, that is stunning. If you look at the increases in some of the other states, it's about 40% in Washington State, Oregon, Nevada, Colorado, our friendly Minnesota, you know, Alaska, Nebraska, Virginia, and the Carolinas. So there were a couple places that dropped, but... I'd love to see their data. Well, and, and interesting, how that right? And I do want to mention New Jersey is one of the ones that dropped, and they had such an infrastructure in New Jersey because of Camden County being so awful in New Jersey from like day one of the opioid epidemic that I think they just had such that network already built. Mm. So when COVID did hit, they had already made such a dent, yeah, that they were way ahead of the curve. I but think- I. Go ahead. I just wanted to end. Do you want to say that quote? Because yeah. I think it's amazing. Yeah, I'm going to let you because this was your research. So that Dr. Claudney, it has to be easier to get into treatment than to buy a bag of dope. Oh, boom. I wish I could just end here, but I'm not going to. No. So you got this really cool thing, but you're, you're not. You know, I don't think we need to really go through it. I think we've gone through some of the data, but I think it's. For people who question the validity or anything that is related to opioid overdose deaths in this whole epidemic of opioids, because people still question it, go to the CDC website. They have an interactive map even to show this data. And, you know, we it's already talked cool. about the numbers. but um, And we can all help by what? Getting our vaccines, maybe. Well. <laughs> so that there's more access. So just a couple other important points. Male deaths have been the biggest jump, Mm. which is very interesting. And there's still, this is a a study out of Brown University. Um, They're trying to figure out why that is. Um, They did this analysis of nine different states. And they found that it's very interesting because there's a lag time with opioid deaths. 
most states have a lag of four to eight months in reporting. And some states, Maryland and Ohio, it's more than a year to report opioid overdose deaths. And this, this isn't, it's worse now during COVID than wow. it is, than it was before, but it's really impacted because COVID deaths are reported almost like instant, mm. but the overdose ones, not so much. Yeah. I think it's interesting that there's a little headline that's like, Oh, decrease in heroin rise in fentanyl and the reduction in overdose deaths related to heroin. I mean, and there's a whole list of States. And I think I, I'm surprised we're not in that because we don't see heroin. We see fentanyl. Right. But I also think, you know, we've talked about this as well, that I think different parts of our state have seen it Correct. in different orders. Like yeah. our metro areas where obviously our numbers are highest, not necessarily our percentages, but the numbers, they didn't see the fentanyl as soon as we did way out here in the middle of nowhereville. Um, but they're thinking part of their, you know, they're brainstorming on why um, they did say that the primarily male was a little unexpected, but they're thinking um, the biggest increase was men who had a previous diagnosis of depression or anxiety. Wow. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's pretty interesting. And then this last point. What is the last point? They had increased stress. And then again, there's lack of access to treatment, but there's also the inability to necessarily get to their normal dealers and so now they're going to different dealers, which might have different composition of drugs, different well, percentages of fentanyl, which makes sense because it's clearly not FDA monitored. I saw a guy uh, about a month ago, and he went to his dealer, and he told his dealer he didn't want fentanyl. He only wanted heroin. And his dealer said, oh, I've got some. Gave it to him. He'd used the day before I saw him. I checked his urine. No straight fentanyl. Straight fentanyl. Yeah. And so your dealer doesn't always know. So, you know, also out of Brown University, there's three main groups that faced the highest overdose increases in 2020. Already mentioned men, also people who had lost their jobs due to COVID, and then people with mental health diagnoses. But what I found interesting about this particular article, because a lot of it's very redundant, um, is the amount of people who died at home. That's, that's a huge thing. Um, because a, here's a quote, a significant number of people are using drugs alone right now, which means there's no bystander to available to intervene or call 911. Wow. And that percentage went up I'm trying to find it. Oh, from 8% in 2019 to 16% in 2020, it doubled the percentage of people dying alone. Wow. That is incredible. And I think we saw that. Same oh, thing I'm wrong. Alcohol. I'm wrong. That data was from people who lost their jobs. Personal residencies, 45% to 53%. Yeah, and recall from last week that, in fact, that was one of the issues that more people drinking alone, and there's no one there in case they had a problem. So I think we're seeing that same thing over and over. Over and over. And a very interesting thing that came out of this, you know, we've talked about harm reduction a lot. It's a little bit of a tangent from this data. Go ahead. But Tangent. Rhode Island was actually one of the states in this study where the significant numbers of overdose deaths had actually jumped a crazy, crazy amount. Um, Rhode Island actually had the highest rate in the country of COVID cases and deaths relevant to the proportion, but also an increased um, rate of drug overdose deaths by 28%. They actually became the first state in our country to authorize harm reduction centers, i.e. safe injection sites. Wow. That's impressive. Rhode Island, small hmm. state, biggest... I don't know. That's pretty ballsy to me. Yeah, that's great. 
So your last little thing, opioids in the COVID-19 pandemic, addressing the opioid crisis during the pandemic. Yeah, and what I want to say about this is very similar to kind of how we ended last week with the alcohol, is that it's kind of that what came first, the chicken or the egg phenomenon, you know, Mm. with how alcohol increases the chance of having respiratory issues and Infections. infections and all of that. So if you look at opioid use, it affects the respiratory and pulmonary health which can make those with opioid use disorders more susceptible to COVID. Very, and their immune systems. Correct. Just by being on opioids. Correct. And then chronic respiratory d- diseases, also already known to increase overdose mortality risk. So people with COPD and sleep apnea, as we've talked about a few weeks ago, have increased chance of having overdose. They're also having more complications with COVID. Well, and I think we always have to remember too that People with opioid use disorders have that high risk of housing insecurity, uh, often homeless, obviously, incarcerated or or become incarcerated. Congregate living. Yeah, congregate living. They're in homeless shelters. I mean, there's just so many things going against them. And, you know, so what is our country doing? You know, they're talking about, obviously, some of the the law reform with being able to do telehealth and Zoom and being able to prescribe. The country is still trying to add funding, but some of it's like... I feel like we're starting over. <laughs> yeah, I think so. So I think we're going to probably try in one of our next podcasts to kind of hit on some of the methamphetamine stimulant use during COVID and, and maybe marijuana because it's in, I, I'd be interested. I, I haven't looked that stuff up yet. Right. And like ecstasy too. Yeah. Because that's huge. That was a big thing we talked about during that um, one pill can kill thing. Correct. Is that people are buying ecstasy pills on Snapchat and it's actually fentanyl. That's not good. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And we will be back again more than likely next week. We've been a lot better at uh, getting these done. (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) We're we're nearing 25,000 downloads. We are. So thank you, everybody. It's been fun. Um, Remember, you can email us anytime if you have questions or comments or have a topic you want us to deep dive into at theaddictionconnectionpodcast at gmail.com. All right. Thanks. Chicken bones and moldy bread. There's no place like home, nowhere. There's nowhere to go but home. After supper time has passed, we'll celebrate and raise a glass. We hope you brought some wine and beer, cause you won't be finding any here. singing songs we hope that you would sing along if you can find some instruments each tune we play is 15 cents there's no need to go to sleep we don't plan to work this week round here we have a single rule fools all work and we ain't fools